right. Hey, Lenya, we've got a big guest today. Who did you manage to talk onto the show? <laughs> so everyone, I wrangled my son who is very jet lagged. And he is here from Australia, as you know, that my son lives in Australia and he's here for the American Ninja Warrior qualifiers. And I wrangled him to come on and talk about what it is okay, to be Okay, everybody, a ninja. he looks he looks slightly miserable. Like where <laughs> he looks slightly unhappy to be here. He is say he is there. He's been saying I'm really jet lagged and I'm not high energy and I really am not sure. And he and he gave us a long list because he's like a celebrity, right? Like he gave us a long list. I mean, we practically need to give him green M&Ms, right? Like he gives us yeah, a long right. list of things we cannot talk about. So <laughs> We, mm -hmm. we are not going to ask him embarrassing questions, although, you know, I just want to ask him all the embarrassing questions now because he said we couldn't. I just want to. <laughs> but be a very I short podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and he has a very, very dry sense of Aussie humor. So hopefully you guys get it. If you don't, oh, well. <laughs> Which is also very Australian. <laughs> so everybody, just so you know, when I first met Lenya, it was six years ago, seven years ago now. Yeah, it's been a while. So the idea is that she had just moved to L.A. from 20 years spent in Australia. And she had this amazing, slightly New York, slightly Aussie accent. And now seven years, you've kind of lost a lot of that. And I thank Buck for that. <laughs> Although you still... Although you still use some British Aussie words like orientate. What? And I'm always like, when you do, you say orientated. And I'm like, what the hell? You know, and it is, it's a British Aussie instead of oriented. And it's just so, so you do still have some. Mm. But I'm sure I still do a lot of Aussie slang because I live with an Aussie man. Right, exactly. That's going to Michigan. He's laughing. He's laughing. I even laughing. Because he probably... Uh, the other side of the spectrum in Australia, I sound so American. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then I come here and everybody's be sad. So like, I have no, I don't sound like I'm from anywhere anymore. No, I think you sound like an East Coaster. Oh, thank goodness. Cause I like miss New York so much. So you're just too direct. Like it is, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you just aren't going to escape it. Okay. So Kadeem is here, everybody. <laughs> He's like a ninja warrior. So let's Let's just break that down. In my dreams, when I play Xbox, mm -hmm. I am a ninja warrior. But, but, but Kadeem is actually a ninja warrior. So when the apocalypse happens, we have Kadeem with us and, and me and my imagination. Like, <laughs> well, so, what's going to happen is I'm going to escape and I'm going to leave you behind. <laughs> I can. <laughs> That's so mean. That is so, so mean. mean. You know what? It makes sense. Like, why would you take the women who are over 50? Like, it, like there's so many, you know, one. You would need to re re repopulate. So you want to you take the to young ones. You need to take the young, the young women. You don't need to take the old ladies. And also, although I'm pretty strong and I'm a hard worker, so you would want me. And I'm very persuasive. So when, when we became the cult... I can be the full leader. So, which but is when really the zombies much. coming, and I'm leaving. So, all right. Well, I know it, he's not taking. He's not taking us. But so, okay. So, let's start from the beginning. How the hell did you become a ninja warrior? The TV aired, and okay. so so you know, Australia has the same show the United States has. 
Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Very, they, very similar. They have it everywhere in the world. About twenty countries. I think. Twenty countries have it. Oh my god! And some, so, some have, some have come, come and gone. Some have stayed. Okay. And if everybody doesn't know, it's a series of obstacle courses that show your badassery. Isn't that basically what it is? I, I would say that would sum sum it up quite well. Yes. <laughs> but it's all kind of so. Obstacle course. When you say obstacle course, because you know there's other obstacle sh- course shows now on TV that are more for laughs, okay. whereas Ninja Warrior is like more for athletic ability. So I would say like Wipeout. Yeah, be, Wipeout is the one. Wipeout's been out forever. Forever. That's definitely more for for laughs and 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 just to muck around. Whereas yeah, Ninja Warrior is it's 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 more serious. So I would say most people who most people who go on it, go on it wanting to, you know, try and win. You probably have people who get on there who just, who probably should not be on that show. Sure. But uh, <laughs> it, it is a reality TV show at the end of the days. The idea is that it's really like an agility course that combines like strength, agility, and yeah. anything, and speed, I guess, because you're doing it for time. Yeah, it, it's, it's. It's, it's a weird one because there's so much that is required and it's, you kind of need to be a jack of all trades, master of all. It's, it's, it's very unique in that sense because you do need to have, you need to have upper body strength. You need to have some form of lower body strength. You need to have, you know, agility. You need to have, uh, body awareness, like aerial awareness. There's, it's probably one of the weirdest sport events that I've ever experienced because I've never seen anything that requires so much of different, you know, forms of athleticism. It's very right. unique in that sense. Is it like no, it's it makes so sense. Oh, no. no it's, it's, it's shits all... on Tough Mudder. It shits on Tough Mudder. Oh, my goodness. Well, I have to say, so my niece does, <laughs> to be, to like, be really she honest. goes to a ninja camp. Oh, and does it because they so she like has learned how to do, you know, do the rings and the jumping and the lifting and all this. Like she does these courses and it is under a ninja. I don't know. Yeah. Corporation change. But I mean, she's 10 and doing it. So or well, she's 13 now, but she was 10 when she started. And so I so it is like it, it takes tremendous athleticism to do it. But so you said, you said it is a reality show at the end of the day. So here's my question to you. Do they only take good looking people? It's an interesting question. I've often actually, I've brought that up with, with friends in Australia. And when you actually think about it and you look overall, you would probably say, yeah, most people are okay looking. I, I, because, By yeah, the way, I mean, everybody, like, Kadeem is a very handsome man. So that is, so we're asking well, the Okay. Because I guess it'd be like if you were to go on uh, one, The Bachelor. Right. The Bachelorette, right? No one's going to be unattractive. <laughs> so that watch. is true. So that's what no I mean. No one's going to watch like, it. it so, yeah. You know, but I guess it, I mean, I guess it, it depends. I mean, Obviously, you know, attractiveness is, you know, subjective or whatever. Okay, let's, okay. But I think, I think you're right though. I think overall, I would say that you're not going to find many unattractive people or at least the ones they would air 
generally speaking. Fuck, there's hundreds that they do, we don't even see. But right, I guess it's true. Well, because for me, right, it's like you do the Olympic tryouts or whatever. It's either but, you make the team or the time or but, you don't. For America's Warrior, yeah. it's like that added layer of, and are you going to be good on television? But here's the thing, right? In Australia, we have a different application process. We have extra. We have an extra step where we actually have to do a physical audition, meaning okay. we do a fitness test and we have an interview and stuff. Whereas here, it's you just create a good video and you just submit it and hope for the best, and you're either in or you're not. Because wow. they they've got a lot more applicants here, but yeah, we have wow. this a fitness test. I didn't even know this, so this is yeah. To me. So in Australia, we've always had it for the last six years over there. We've we've always had to do a fitness test prior. So a lot of us will also start training just for the test as well. Wow. But the test isn't necessarily a reflection if you'll get on. Because I have friends who have tested very well physically. Maybe they didn't interview well, or maybe they just had a poor. They weren't good looking. <laughs> well, it's not just to that, it's the backstory. And this is what people don't understand when they're putting their things together. It's if you can put together a decent backstory and sell yourself to be casted, then they will favor that over your athletic ability. Wow. So what was your backstory? Well, it, it, it obviously changes. Uh, <laughs> 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 it depends what I need it to be. But, but, well, this is the thing, right? Because the first, you know, couple of years of the, when I got on the Australia one, I was on the first two seasons, you know, it was new, everything was new. So it was much easier to get on. Plus, you know, I had, you know, coming from the US and so and so. But as after season two, I, could, I just, I couldn't get back on. I tried and I tried, I tried, I auditioned every year, but they just wouldn't take me because it gets harder and harder and harder. They have more and more people to choose from. Right. But that's why I tried to hedge my bets and go, right, I'll apply for the US one, utilizing my dual citizenship. And I put, I'm in a unique situation because I've done the Australian one. They've never had it. They've never had, uh, well, I think they've had one international person before, like someone who has done maybe another ninja, but no one from Australia because you have to be a US citizen. Okay. So just the fact, just the situation itself for me personally is very, very unique. So the, the story for, you know, the U S one is basically Australia pretty much. So I've got all sorts of, you know, things I've brought, you know, flags, whatever costumes I've got. A, He's playing up his awesomeness. All right. Wait a minute. Okay. But costumes. Out. What is this? Burning Man? What kind of costumes? Oh, wow. Well, I don't want to give anything away because we oh. obviously haven't filmed yet. But yeah, <laughs> I'm going to keep my, keep my mouth shut on that. I like to leave things to surprise. Oh but my we're God. Gonna, this I, means all that right. our listeners are going to have to watch American Ninja oh Warrior. We're going to all write in. We need to see Kadeem's costume. Oh my. <laughs> all right. But so are you a celebrity in Australia, like a minor <laughs> celebrity or something like a, you've been on the, you've making been a on really weird a lot. Right now. Uh, I haven't been on a weird face. I haven't been on television in four years. I, All right. So no, now it's, it's right. But four years ago when you were on, were you like, did people recognize you? Yeah. No, it wasn't that much. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have other friends that, you know, get recognized way more, but they've been on every year, but also they've got a distinctive look. I haven't done well enough in terms of 
I think going far enough in competition, one, you know, like we all want to, but I think if I, if I do better, I think, because I'm, I'm unique in terms of my build, quite short. So, you know, not many people look like me, so I guess I am more easily recognizable, but no one would be able to remember my name or anything like that. All right. I, all right. So that but he okay. was in the newspaper. He's being very modest. Oh, you know, he was, he'd been, been very modest. He'd been in a couple of tabloids and uh, I don't, uh, you know. Tabloids? Just, yes. Oh, you know, just. He's being modest. Stupid stuff. He's being modest. So, and he probably okay, will not go okay. any further than that. But listen, I don't wanted to go back to something that we were talking about when you were saying, do they have to be good looking to be on the show? Right. Because yeah. I noticed something interesting about American Ninja Warrior versus some other ones that every now and again, they'll have somebody on that has like a good story that's not necessarily good looking. And then there's the guy, was the guy that you interviewed on your podcast about that has um, Parkinson's disease. Oh, yeah. And and he actually is a guy with Parkinson's disease that has run the course and he's done really well, really well. Right. And so this is the thing I like about the American show versus other show, other um countries is that they will put on people who have, I mean, yes, it's a good story because he has a physical disability, but they will put on, they will actually showcase that. But the thing about oh. him is he's proven that he can get through a couple of obstacles as well. So, you know, if, if, and I don't know the ins and outs of production here, because this is my well second time getting on this one, first time right. actually running. So but you know, with the Australian one, sometimes what they do is they will, someone will run that they've obviously selected who then doesn't do very well, bombs out say very early, and then they will still show their run and it'll build up a whole backstory on this person and then still show them. And that I have found in not just watching it, but looking at the feedback from people is they, they get so annoyed because. I mean, the Australian market's very different. They, I don't think they like the reality side of, you know, so that much. They would, I think it only works if you do well. So someone like who she's talking about, the, the guy I spoke to, he's, he's got Parkinson's, whether or not he can finish the course, oh, I'm not sure. He's come quite close to, to finishing at least that first course. But that's the point is the fact that he can actually get through is what makes it better for TV because he is, he is, what's the word I'm looking for? He is conquering the, uh, he's, you know, on and off the course. Right. So stuff like that really translates well to television. That no, makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think now I'm really finding this interesting. Yeah. I find well, this interesting because we're talking more entertainment and less about the training. But, but well, this we'll is get the, to thing. the training, this... but there's a component of, you know, there's so much on television right now and, well, and, yeah. you know, there's TikTok and there's, you know, I was just visiting friends and they like introduced me to all these like weird YouTube channels. Do you know what I mean? I was like, yep. oh my God, there's just so much stuff out there that, you know, are you going to watch? Yeah. Are you going to watch it? And there's a lot of sports out there, right? A lot of different kinds of sports. So there's just a lot of competition. So is there, I mean, the story makes it, you know, the story or are there pretty people like, you know, because it's all yeah. wish fulfillment. I mean, like I watch America Ninja Warrior and I'm like, oh, in a different lifetime. If this existed when I was 18, 
I you would have done it. it for sure. You would have done Maybe. it. Maybe. But I would have. Right. But I like so there's a little bit of wish fulfillment when I when I watch it, although Lenya went ahead and said, well, screw it. I'm I'm in my 50s. I'm just going to be a power lifter. So, you know, I'm kind of like taking the easy way out and saying, oh, I don't want to do it. But, I, you know, but well, I love that kind of thing. So but what does I mean, the whole idea is like when you're doing this. What is the I mean, this is a full time job in yeah, essence. Well, I mean, ugh. In Australia, maybe not so much as it is here. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's only maybe one person who has enough in Australia that is that probably has enough, maybe two people who have enough fame off the back of Ninja where they have, you know, add the, you know, they have their own, you know, now business effectively, a public relations business basically off the back of Ninja. It's, it's so over here because yeah, because of the here. because of the you know size of the production whatever I guess you know the some of these athletes have been able to build up their socials and because of that they can then for example you know start getting a sponsorship and people who you know give them money for ads and whatnot and, and, gyms, and some of them have their own gyms and the camps that you're that your yeah. niece is in. You know, and then there's a, that black woman, Megan Martin. Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's just obviously here. Who's it's just Megan Martin? Tell, tell me. Ooh, Megan Martin. Of course <laughs> I don't know. A, uh, black woman ninja warrior is also, also now the representative for uh, Athleta. Oh, okay. well, she was. But for Athleta, like she had a good sponsorship. So she's a pro climber. Yeah, she's a pro started, climber. Who started oh. doing ninja. She's, she's good. She's not the best. She's very, she's very good, but she's not, I wouldn't say she is the top from a ninja point of view, but I guess she's very marketable because she is good and black. Yeah. yeah. And being black is a thing now. And uh, then, uh, so being yeah, black is a thing. It's on trend. All right. So it's, yeah, whatever <laughs> she, she's, yeah, she's built, she's built a really you know, solid brand off. I guess the backing of ninja and climbing and whatever. And yeah, she's well, no, and totally. I mean, obviously, like rock climbing is an expensive sport to get into, and traditionally expensive sports have entry level issues for people of color. Like it's, it's, it totally makes sense. And so I love that that's true. But that brings me to another question. So she got into ninja from rock climbing. How did you get into Ninja besides the television ad or besides the the ad saying, you know, try out? What were you doing well, athletically that made you think, oh, Ninja Warrior? I was doing recreational gymnastics, but I had seen the show, the U.S. show. They'd show it in Australia. So I remember us watching it years ago, even when I was in high school. Or what, wait, what is recreational gymnastics? So... <laughs> So well, I just hang out you, in my house and do backflips. I don't know yes. what you do. Well, you, okay, so but, you have people who do competitive gymnastics. They're doing competitions and whatnot. So that's a completely. It'd be like it'd be like the person who's doing the CrossFit Open. Sorry, CrossFit the Games. Right, they have a different form of training than someone who just goes to the gym and does CrossFit. Okay, it's, I get it's it. Like, same, <laughs> it's the same. We should get that. It's the same concept like you can go okay. do adult classes and you're learning all these different skills and did you do and gymnastics whatnot. as a kid no i mean i played many different sports you did do gymnastics no, I didn't. as a kid we took kidding we put you in gymnastics classes when you were like where 
at, at the Montessori school when you were in the Montessori school in Brooklyn? Don't remember. I did. Uh, I was quite hoping a whole bunch for of... a little mother son issue, though. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Brendan, keep that in. Okay, uh, go ahead. I, I did a whole bunch of different like field sports and stuff, especially once I moved to Australia. You know, played like cricket and not so. And I also, yeah, I, I probably did so many different types of sports. I had a lot of different movements, but the gymnastics definitely helped, and that's probably what gave me enough confidence to consider it. Sure. I'm uh, sure that totally makes sense. And so now like getting to let, although I see Lenya has another question, but I want to be like, so what does training look like for that? Yeah. Because agility is such a, a part of it. I would say strength more than agility. But if you fall, this is my thing. And this is so, like, this so, is dumb, but right. If you fall, you, you, you're going to hurt yourself. Like if you're, if you're only strong and not agile. So well, I, I guess, I guess, I think you're, yeah. Okay. So I, I, I see how you're defining agility in a sense. I guess what I would say is. I could be wrong. I would say aerial and body awareness. Okay. As opposed to mm-hmm. agility, agility, because I have a, a degree in sports science. So I, I, oh, yeah, no, I get, no. I, <laughs> I get, out with us and teach me. I, yeah, I, I get technical. So agility refers to, I guess changes of sort of direction more reactive so okay. I, I i get i guess I, I i get what you mean but i would say more body and aerial awareness okay is probably what you're getting at okay so what you need is first you need a mastery of of to some degree some of your strength your basic level of strength so i basically think if you if you cannot do more than say 15, if you can't do 15 to 20 pull-ups, then just going to be very hard for you. Uh, that's just, and unfortunately, that's just the reality. Like it, it requires. Strict pull-ups? Yeah, I would say no, strict. That may, I mean, it, requi- that makes sense. It, re- it requires a minimum degree of strength. And this is part of the, the problem I find with participation in the sports side of it is that entry requirement is so difficult. That's what scares a lot of people from even trying it outside put the show aside the actual just sports side of it so you need an entry level of strength and then after that the you have to start learning how to do certain obstacles yeah i mean the upper body strength and that's what's so i mean i that's what you trained for with the tough mother yeah when i trained for the tough mother you know especially for somebody who i mean i come from a background of dance and then so my legs have always been super strong like sort of that childhood conditioning for really strong legs but no Mm. upper body strength at all and really training to get to the point where I could pull myself up over a a wall right Mm. and then also doing one of the key tough mutter obstacles is the monkey bars and they're and they're and they go up it's like a house shaped like a roof so you go up and then you go down and they're often greased or spinning so it's that you have to go very quickly so you know and the idea for me is that my body i mean i'm i'm doing it for fun so Mm. i'm a recreational tough mutter i guess but the idea (laughs) is that i was really i could pull myself i got to the point where i could pull myself up over a wall. So I got that strong. But with the monkey bars, I really actually, in the end, just practiced falling and not hurting myself. You know, so because you fall, like it's mud, right? You fall into the mud. 
But the idea is like limber enough at because I started doing this in my 40s, like limber being limber enough. So when I fell because I was going to fall, I just wasn't strong enough. And I mm. kind of was like, I'd rather just fall, be able to get up and go do the next obstacle rather than, you know, hurt myself and then I'm out. So like I, ha- my approach was just don't die. It was sort of my approach <laughs> to Tough Mudder. Like, but it was just, yeah. but I get the, I can't even imagine, like I've seen the ninja courses and all that upper body strength with the rings mm. and pulling yourself up. It looks, and it's, it's, it's crazy. It does seem like a, a very heavy, heavy with like upper body strength type of a, a sport, right? Where you uh, need uh, to have uh, more of this than anything else. Oh, yeah. I would say 80, 80, 85%. If I had to put a percentage on it. But isn't wow. it also it's that concept of, and, and since you're a sport, now I'm going to nerd out and want to ask you about sports science and like how it changes as we age because. Mm. when we're young so if you do and i forget what it's called it's like the siberian or the no it's turkish where you like you lay you're laying down on the ground and you're turkish get up the turkish get up yeah that is so difficult for adults right to sort of do correctly but i was like this is like what kids do all the time you know and so the idea is that things that i did pull-ups were hard for me even as a child But like all the stuff on the monkey bars and jumping and all that sort of gym activity, not gymnastics, but just full on full body gym activity, double dutch, you know, and then running and doing a penny drop and then all that sort of stuff. I mean, I feel like Ninja is capturing a little bit of the skill set that we were all born with as children. And then you're just taking it into the stratosphere. Is that, yeah? But you know what I mean? It, yeah, I think a lot of ninjas kind of refer to themselves as, you know, well, we're kids on this big playground, so to speak. So, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I see what you mean. But also kids inherently strong, you know, in terms of, you know, so strength to weight ratios, they're just naturally stronger at that time. And I think what happens is if you don't maintain that, mm-hmm. you, you know, you can always get it back, but, 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 you know, you, you're not maintaining that level of training because also then you're, you're, you're challenging your, your coordination and your body to perform complex movements. So that's why with gymnastics, you know, they start so early and by the time they get to, you know, the Olympics, everything is so like the coordination and everything involved that mastery is because they've kept it going. And that's why gymnasts translate very well into ninjas because even though the sport is completely different the body awareness that they have built from gymnastics translates so well because they do things in the air and everything all the time no it makes Uh, total um, sense i mean because i think now because i i I mean i'm nothing like your mom but i do weight train regularly and mm. and the idea is but i just feel so tied to the ground so like the concept as a kid where you would jump rope for hours and then play tag and then climb a tree. Like I, like my coordination or like my, my center of gravity is just so low. I would say, <laughs> and, you know, as you age, there's other things, you know, but it, it's, I, it's, mm-hmm. that feels hard. That would be so challenging for me. But it's also more the fear. Kids don't have the, yeah. kids don't have the development to think, is this, 
too dangerous to do. Right. Often or not. So they will take the risk. Sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it doesn't, you know, whether right. it be they do something and it's work. So they break their own, but uh, as an adult, because you're, you know, your brain and everything's more or less fully developed and you're, you're, you know, the way you rush, you know, you're you you think your critical thinking skills and all that stuff, you will then start to overthink, oh, no, that's too dangerous, whatever, you know, you, 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 you it's hard to let go of that. And that's probably, that's oh, so probably, true. I mean, it's that, so that, true. That thing alone is probably the difference between the great ninjas and, and people who start ninja or get on the show for the first time is that ability to, to let go of fear, their fear of hurting themselves. I do that all the time though. That I have, that I can do. But it's, I'm but ready. it's not just, tell me to yeah. jump off, tell me to do it. I'll do it. Yeah. But that's like you said, you know, the tough mother thing, you are afraid of hurting yourself. Well, that's falling. true. So, yes. So, yes. so, so, true. so you decided that you didn't want to try and complete the monkey bars. Oh, you're right. You, you, me you, out. you, 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 you focused more on that because that was the, that was the thought process. Whereas for us, if we don't finish that obstacle, we are done. Right. With Tough Mata, it's because it's a, it's, it's more fun and play, you know, that, that that's okay because you did it, you know, it's, you know, whatever, who cares? But for us, you know, in terms of actually getting through the competition, if yeah. we don't finish the obstacle or, or no one's finishing, but you don't start that obstacle, you don't get as far as you possibly can, and then, then yeah. you're, you're out of the competition. So, you know, that you cannot have, for us, we cannot have that fear that mindset. at all. Yeah. Well, I absolutely. mean, people do have that fear a hundred percent. How do you work? You know, when you when you're a mountain biker or anything, you know, you're supposed to envision where you want to go. You cannot envision like I if you're going and biking like and you have to bike around a puddle. You can't say avoid the puddle, avoid the puddle. You have to sort of visualize the path that you want to take because your body will naturally take you where your mind goes. So, I mean, I've learned that lesson the hard way when I was mountain biking 100 years ago. But the yeah. idea is, how do you get yourself through the fear here? Like the first time you're doing an obstacle you've never done before or something, like how do you approach it so you can let go of all that fear and just aim for completion? I think that just comes with experience. So, I mean, my first two years of Ninja, uh, you know, I was very new to it. And then I, especially not just on the show, but just in like comp, uh, local comps, you know, I just wasn't, well, things weren't really clicking and then I didn't get on season three and then I ended up being a course tester and I kept stuffing up because I didn't want to fail. I wanted to, I was afraid of failing and whatever. And then we came to the US for a, a competition I'm going to do in between filming. It's like a, a world championship event for one of the leagues, the, you know, the sports side of things. And we, we were shown, and this was a very defining moment. We were shown the course on a video the night before the event so that we could see what it was. And once the day the event started, this obstacle course, which was, uh, set by a, a ninja who, uh, we don't really talk of him anymore because he, you know, yeah, yeah. He, there's some controversy around him, but he is a very famous ninja. 
he, he, you know, he was very, very talented, but he was also a giant asshole. And he set this course that was near impossible. And we, in the adult, like pro division, 50% of the competition went out on the first obstacle. Wow. And, uh, you know, there's heaps of people there and not, and also the kids and stuff as well. And we're just watching everyone just bomb out, bomb out, bomb out on this obstacle. And I remember watching that video last night and he was going through the course, the ninja. And I was like, okay, right. That's how he does it. That's how he does it. That's how he does it. Now, the thing was going into this event, this finals, I didn't have high expectations. Like whatever, we'll just go, just going for the vibes. And watching everyone fail, 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 I decided to go, well, I can either be terrified like everyone is of this obstacle, or I can remember, well, I watched the guy do it. This is how he did it. So I went, right, I'm just going to do it how I planned to do it based on what I saw. And I got through the obstacle quite quickly. And I didn't get far into this competition. I think I went out on the third obstacle, which took out, I would say, the whoever got past the, the, the second, uh, the first one, 90% of, 95% of them went out on the third. So I didn't feel bad, but it was that specific moment. I realized, well, you have to, you, you have to ignore doubt. And you have to have a plan. If you don't have a plan, you're fucked. So I guess I want to, I want to interrupt here just for a minute. I know I have former students and students who listen to this podcast. And so even though we're talking right now about mm. Ninja, I yeah. want to let you know that when this comes to writing my former students, this is, this is it. This is it. This is life like, though. Let yeah. go, right. Let go of fear, have a plan. Like, yeah. Woo! So, so when, when you're, when you're looking at this course, if you're inexperienced, you don't understand to have the plan because you don't, you don't have the experience to, to know how to get through it. But once you've been training for years, you start to realize that the, ob it's not the obstacle that you're looking at when you're looking at this, it's the movement and the movements don't change. The movements of the sport don't really change. The obstacles do, but the movements don't. So when you're looking at the obstacle, you're looking for how do you move through it? Okay. So, uh -huh. so well, that's how I look at it. And that's how I've well, been told. I absolutely like, and that's good visualization, right? I mean, isn't it to sort of envision yes. yourself how you well, move through it? I mean, when you think about, I mean, that's also another life lesson. Like you have to kind of envision yourself. Well, I think a lot of people, a lot of Americans actually just envision themselves getting the award like at yes. the end, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? But they don't, they don't actually do the process. envision yeah. the pro of them actually doing the process. And that's actually, that's that, that's that step that I think a lot of people skip. And I, that's exactly why I think you're so successful. And then what happens is after you've done that, uh, and what a lot of people get wrong is kind of like what you said is once they're actually on the course, they start to think ahead of what they're doing and they often will make, and you can, and if you're experienced in, in, I guess, in the sport, you often can watch and you can see in their eyes, you can see in their eyes what is going through their, their brain. And often a lot, I think with a lot of people, they're, they're already thinking of the wall or whatever, or the obstacle that they're terrified of, as opposed to what is literally in front of their feet. So I think. Once you're then, once you have strategized, then once you're on, 
you, you literally, it's one obstacle at a time. And if you take it literally one obstacle, one move at a time, there's no reason that you can't actually finish the course, but obviously you can make mistakes. Sure. But if you're competent enough in your ability, there's no reason if you don't, if you're patient, like as in, in the moment, you're in the moment too. I can't see why one can't finish. Talking about this experience, I guess I have a, a, a question that sort of ties into the same idea. It's like, how much does, because I, while you're talking about this, I'm, I'm actually even thinking about times where like you have to sort of trust your body and get out of Ooh, your yeah. own way with your head, get out mm -hmm. of your brain. And how much does muscle memory play with these obstacles mm -hmm. for you? Yeah, I would say there's definitely an instinctive element. My friend once described it to me as what he called the athlete brain, where you can adapt on the go and just feel. So, you know, you're, 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 you're making adjustments and whatever, cause you can have a plan and things don't like, if I see an obstacle that's being shown. So just so you understand when we are actually on set after you've done your B-roll and all the backstory footage, when they actually, sh they only show you each obstacle once you get one visual, you can ask as many questions as you want, and then you move on to the next obstacle. You don't obviously get to touch them, you know, cause then it's no longer an obstacle. So you literally get one visual reference and then you kind of move on and that's all you've got. I might have in my brain, oh, that's what it looks like. But then I, when I get up there, because also you're looking at it from side on. So sometimes the obstacles visually side on, you don't, it's it, the perception is way off. So when you're watching it on TV. And you're looking at that, you go, oh, that's, that's not that far. But the perception of where that camera is, it doesn't line up with when you're actually at the, behind the obstacle and you're actually looking at it. Oh, yeah. So, so there, I'll give you an example. There was, yeah. uh, I can't reveal the specific obstacle, but I, I, when the, I, Australian Ninja just, just finished filming. I wasn't on it, but I was course testing. So I had a, a paid role with production and it's different over there. We get paid to do it with Great. production and, you know, get to test, not here, get to, you know, get to test obstacles and whatever. I'm there lackey. So there was a specific obstacle where when you're looking at it side on, you don't, you don't realize the angles until you're there. And then when I jumped on it, I couldn't even watching it side on, I couldn't fathom what it was going to feel like when I was swinging on this thing. So I had to adjust mid air and mid, wow. mid swing to compensate for what this obstacle was doing. And I got through it, but I was able to get through it because I have enough experience with this that I can make these adjustments to my body. Now it's instinctive at this point. Whether or not I've trained it, I don't know. Or maybe I've always, ha I don't know. But I think it, it, it's a, it's a, there's some people, and obviously there's a lot of better ninjas than me, who they have such high degrees of body awareness, and that could have been trained through gymnastics, through parkour or whatever, that they, again, yeah, you can make these adjustments. I don't think you can just do it. I think, I think it does require something to have happened in your, in your life or whatever, or, or in your training that you have to build upon 
If that makes sense. I have, I have a similar, I have a similar sort of thing when I'm training for powerlifting, right? So when I, it's interesting because I have this issue lately. This is something new that has been happening with me where mid lift, I have to make a correction in order to be able to stand up or squat, right? Because I'm like either leaning too far forward, I'm leaning too far back, but it's about knowing that my body has this sort of center of gravity so that if I have X number of pounds on my back, when the bar is too high or the bar is too low, or I have the bar in the right way, where the bar path should be, I can actually maybe mid lift figure it out and not fall forward or not fall back wow. because this has happened to me in the past where I've fallen too far forward and then the bar goes over my head or something really like dangerous. So I don't know if this is some kind of body awareness that maybe we have like genetically or maybe it's something that's instinctual in all people. Or it's uh, through mm. experience, right? I mean, is, doesn't experience sort of give this to you? Because I can sort of even say, so when you think about performance, right? So I'm going to sort of bring this to performance. Like you can sort of, I can usually, and I'm saying when I'm teaching, right? Like to a yeah. crowd, I can usually send like how everybody's feeling and mid midway just organically feel myself back into getting their engagement. Do you mm. know what I mean? And make a mid switch without having to say, stop, let me start again. Like I can usually just shift, you know what I mean? And re-engage, re-change. And for me, and I've been doing this now on Zoom for two years, like I can actually re-engage and reiterate how I'm going to move in the camera or whatever. So, I mean, you guys are doing it on a much more technical level, but I do feel like a lot of that just comes from the experience of being aware. Mm. My dad would be like, get your head out of your ass and, you know, pay attention to the world around you. But it is sort of that sense yeah. of get out of your, you know, you have to have full mind body awareness to be able to then instinctively in a nanosecond, maybe make the shift without overthinking it. Cause if you wait four seconds, it'll be too long and you'll fall. So it has exactly. to be quick. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I would, I would agree. Definitely probably experience. I mean, genetic, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, we do see some like athletes who, I mean, like, like who, who, yes, who, who won uh, the DNA lottery for athleticism. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like then, this, no, yeah. but then, but then you get, not so much the athleticism, but like in terms of coordination or whatever, but I think a lot of it is they did like, uh, I know this is going to go a bit like, if you look at, I don't know, Tom Brady or uh, who, plays, who plays NFL or Lionel Messi, who plays soccer, like they did or, or uh, Federer, Roger Federer, like they have this skill, they, but I think again, like you said, I think it comes from experience and perhaps doing things when they were kids and whatever. And, 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 you know, that 10,000 hours they put, put into being Absolutely. able to have this awareness that many, even professionals have. But with interesting with the, with the thought of it being genetics was then seeing they're amazing, but let's see their kids, their, their kids might have it. Right. So, cause I'm thinking like in formula one, of course, we always have to bring it to formula one and I'm waiting for you to bring it back to star Trek. So with formula one, we have Carlos Sainz senior, who is an amazing endurance, uh, driver, right? His son, his son, Carlos Sainz junior is now in formula one, like in his third or fourth year. And he is such an underrated driver, but all of a sudden is in everybody's face. 
because he is that good. And I think it's genetics. Well, Mm -hmm. I don't I think it's more complicated than that, because I also think it's what is in your ether in your childhood. So, for instance, that it could be genetics. And I, I think it isn't necessarily genetics. It's even when they're talking about inherited trauma. I also think there's inherited mm. skill in that sense that, you know, my brain, right, is partly, you know, my dad went to law school. I was brought up in a household where we talked about rights, laws, reasonability, like analysis and Socratic method were really just at the table doomed or not, I was going to law school. Do you know what I mean? Or I have a natural affinity for, I'm not really the smartest person ever in a room ever, but I am a person who can like find my way through all the bullshit and get to the point super fast. And that's like a superpower. And it's a superpower that is, feels a little genetic, but I don't know if it's genetic as much as it was just in the ether cultivated and cultivated like Mm -hmm. naturally and it's also just what i observed in the household so again like serena and venus i would never actually want to insult them by say oh it's just dna but i do think it was in the ether do you know what i mean in in their family that his that their father like coaxed out and then like their tremendous amount of work that they put in now if and, and you and should so see it, Serena's daughter, who's four. You should see her serve yeah, right now. But it, but That's, but again, but again, like she's she watching just said, her mom. And I'm yeah. sure her mother put a look at LeBron and his kid. His kid right. if, now, now the genetics would be if his son ends up the same size as him, right? Like mm. right, Le, and Le, right, Lebron, and those- LeBron, Le, LeBron is a not only is he a genetic animal, but Right. He, 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 his skill yeah. is because he, you know, he's trained. Right. I mean, he, right. He, 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 the he, invests, he invests a lot in his, in himself. So, right. His son. Well, also, I mean, he's, I mean, this is where like I could have had, I mean, I have really good like rhythm in the sense of when I was dancing, but I have the body of an Italian peasant. Like I was never going to be a ballerina, <laughs> no matter how good. Do you know what I mean? That I was. And I, at the time, you know, there was like before I hit puberty, they were like, oh my God, you're so graceful. You're so, you know, and there was this like, keep going in this professional school. And then I hit puberty and they're like, bye, you know, like it'll never happen. And so I do think there is obviously the genetic component. Just look at models. Do you know what I mean? Like I, who is it? What model? Is it Cindy Crawford? I don't know. I just saw in Vogue, whatever. But her daughter now is modeling. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, you win the DNA lottery in that way. You know, you're going to. But that's also that's that's also nepotism. But yeah. But if we uh, go back to if we go back <laughs> to Ninja. All right. If we go back to Ninja. All right. Let's get back to training. Thank so, you, uh, you know, and again, the, we vary in size and whatever that's true. so there's so many of us and we have to do the exact same obstacle yeah, so that's hard. Uh, you know it, yeah i mean it, it is well, what it you is you say that you are you are you're on the shorter side do you find that as a major disadvantage or do you play it up to an advantage in some i think it can be a you know disadvantage in certain aspects i have to but what it means but it's not a disadvantage where i have to you know victimize myself about it it's it it just it is what it is it'd be more like okay i need to think about hitting that tramp harder because 
that's further away or, you know, if it's the, you know, wall at the end, I need to run faster because I have to put more effort in to reach the, you know, uh, it, it's just more, okay, I've got to Strategy. just add 10% more here or, or push harder here. It, it, it makes it harder to judge things sometimes in terms of the distance, but it doesn't mean I can't do it. It's just more, I have to think about certain things a little more and factor that in as opposed to, oh no, I'm too sure, it's too hard. You know, you can't do that with Ninja because the obstacles don't discriminate. Yeah. You know, it, 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 whether you're short, you're tall, you're, you know, overweight or whatever, either you're going to do it or you're not. So you can't sit there and cry about how hard you have if you have it because A, the obstacles don't give a shit. And production doesn't care either. They have a show. They have a show. They have a show to run. Yeah, it's true. So, so, so tell us what is what is a typical training week for you look like? Well, I I think we're all very different. So for me, I only train twice a week because ninja's very, very taxing. You couldn't do you couldn't I couldn't do it. But here I see videos of kids they're training like four or five times a week and there's people who do I don't know. I think everyone's body is a little bit different, but I, I, I can't do ninja. Okay. So you're training twice a week. I imagine those are what, two hour, three hour, four hour training sessions or. Oh no, four hours. Probably. Yeah. One and a half to two hours. What? I trade till three hours. Okay. Go on. Okay. Wait a minute. All right. Well, (laughs) young. So, but one and a half. I imagine that's strength training then. So then what kind of do you do? No, that's just two ninja sessions a week. And I've just recently added one leg session just weights and that's it so what is a ninja session it's running a course well i have one day where i will run courses and i have one day where i just you know muck around and touch certain things but i'm not training that hard but mom you literally just started training in the last what five years of your life seven seven i've been training and working out since i was 13 years old so i have 16 how old am i now 20 i'll be 29 I have, I can't do the math, but <laughs> over 15 years. I realized of, that. Yeah, but, but, but this is my point is I already have a baseline significantly higher than you in terms of how many years I've been training, but also what I've been doing my whole life in terms of my training has always been progressive and I've always gotten stronger over, and that's compound over 15, 16 years. So I have a a higher, you know what I mean? Yeah. You've come into it late. So you have to build up to, 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 to a baseline. Whereas mine has been compounding for 15, 16 years. I will say this, that I've gone down to three days a week as opposed to five days a week. When I started, I don't need five days a week anymore. Not at this, not at the level. So, so maybe there is but, but also, but also, thing to be said for but, what he's saying. You but know? also, ninja, ninja, ninja is completely different. Yes. I'm, I'm integrating so much of my body into something, into one obstacle, requires so much effort. Whereas, yeah. nothing against what you're doing, but you're moving, you're moving the bar in terms of, in terms of, in terms of mm-hmm. what, what is gonna. If I'm doing a, simply a back squat. I'm focusing predominantly on my legs, right? Yes, you're supporting the bar and, and whatnot. But if I'm doing a salmon ladder and all these various obstacles require full body movements, it's very different. It'd be like, or, you know, for example, doing a clean and jerk 
versus doing simply a back squat or a bench press. Yeah, so 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 all the training would have to be completely different. True. I mean, we were we know this from CrossFit because both yeah. Alex and I used to well, do that's, CrossFit. That's, that's why I've just used that. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I totally, I totally get it. So do you do any, are you, do you find, are you an active person other than that? I mean, do you have active hobbies or is it just this? And no, I would say it's just this. I mean, at the end of the day, if you want to be competitive, you have to, you have to refine and you have yeah. to, you have to focus. So it's kind of hard. I have friends who probably don't even train maybe even less, but they do a bit of gymnastics, they, they, but they're already, again, highly skilled gymnasts. They, they, their baseline in terms of their body awareness and whatever is significantly high. There's no catching up to these guys because they have years and years and years of gymnastics training under their belt. So there's no amount that I could do to ever catch them in awareness. It's just, that's, it is what it is. So they don't have to train hard or whatever, because again, their baseline is so high in general body awareness. So yeah. So I wanted to ask about food, right? Because everybody's okay. going to ask about food and then, and then, yeah. So because, you know, everybody here in America yeah, is what obsessed do you eat? with diet. Everybody's obsessed with diet. So what do you eat? I'm not that strict, to be honest. He's, he's everybody, everything right now. I, I work out twice a week. I'm really good looking because I'm on the show. And also I eat whatever I want. Yeah, oh, everybody's going to hate you. Oh, <laughs> I eat overall well, but if I want something, I'll, I'll eat it. So if I, you know, really want a donut or I want some pizza, I will eat it. Uh, in all fairness, after training, I tend to, with my friend, we tend to have KFC. So I'll have a, a Zinger, a Zinger combo meal. I don't even know what that is, but we don't have that here. Oh, you don't have Zingers? Well, no. it doesn't even they're, matter. It's just like pretty fast good. food. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, I, I, overall, That's a 29 I eat year old well. talking. Overall, I'm really I eat well. fast field, fast food rather. Yeah. Yeah. But I know that that's twice a week. That's, that's right. kind of the extent of the fast food I would have. So. You know, everything in moderation, I really don't eat that much bad food, but I don't right. deprive myself if I want something. Do you follow anything specific? Do you tend to protein? Are you protein forward or nope. no, you just eat? Do you I, track? Nope. I, I mean, look, I have my, I, I don't really have much of, I eat the same stuff pretty much all the time. So I'll, right. you know, for dinner, it will be generally, you know, chicken, maybe crumbed or whatever, broccoli or broccolini, carrot and potatoes. That's yeah. just. Healthy. Yeah, I mean, you're eating whole food. You're eating healthy. That's generally speaking. Generally it. speaking. Yeah. And then, you know, breakfast is normally the same, you know, granola with blueberries. I, I eat well overall, but right. I mean, I'm going to have, if I want a donut, I'll have a donut. I ate a whole thing yeah, of goldfish talk about the other donuts. day. Now I want donuts. But uh, yeah, sidecar. Shout out to sidecar donuts. We want you to sponsor us. Okay. okay we do. Send me the donuts. Send us donuts. Well, well, on that, on that note, this is making us all depressed. That uh, we are. Yeah, all I home. know. I just work. I work out four days a week. But I'm. I'm a. I'm. What did you say? What is it? A recreational trainer? Like I'm recreational. What weight training? So I do it four days a week. But I could easily do it in two days. I just do take over four. Well, what I'll say on that, and we can wrap up, is what I'm doing in 
like I said, those sessions are very stressful. So I am, I, it's, I I'm could, working I out with a, a friend and gossiping. So if yeah, I, I did, if I did a third <laughs> session, I'd hurt myself like that. Like they're, they're intense. So right. I couldn't do more physically or else I'd be in pain. So. Um, I love it. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, Women Bridging the Gap. Find us at WomenBridgingTheGap.com. We're going down to just two episodes a month and we hope you guys will understand that, you know, life is, is, is getting stressful and we're, we're going back to real life again. Yeah, we're busy, but we love you. And so if you have ideas for shows or if you want to come on as a guest, please let us know and we'll see you soon. Bye. See ya.